Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. Today we're talking about the season two finale, No Mercy. Um, and what's cool about this title is it season two starts out with Mercy Part Two. That's the episode title. So, right, because season one ends with right. Mercy, the episode. Um, IMDb synopsis. Tensions between the two dojos finally come to a head on the first day of school. The resulting showdown leaves one student fighting for their life. I sure. feel like it's a little spoily. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it could have easily been like... <laughs> if they wanted to do like Stingray fighting for his life or something. It could have been any student. But um, we know which student it is, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just... This is a really excellent episode. And yeah. it is... For an epi- for a season that we've felt kind of all over the place about, it really wrapped up in a really satisfying way. And you know, I could actually sorry to get into the retrospective part right now, but what we're the already, hell? We're, we're, we're in playing our fast and loose. I mean, the thing is, probably the reason why season two is not so good is because they had this glorious ending in mind the entire time, and it's a really great episode. Like like just a lot of like good things coming to a head. But I almost feel like they had this in mind, an all-school brawl, that's what they wanted, between, like, nine different sets of rivals, and then they had to go backwards. Like, they had to, like, basically work backwards throughout the entire season to set it up. And while the payoff is, like, really good, it's not... The setup was not very organic feeling. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if they could have done it any other way. Um, Maybe if they'd done more with Tori's character and Sam's character throughout the season. This, I mean... Everyone faces off with everyone, but really the the storyline that continues to pack a punch is Miguel and Johnny, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you wanna... I suppose we got to start at the beginning, which yes. uh, continues like... Starts in a very disturbing way. Um, clothes flung off in all directions. Um, this is not Carmen and Johnny. No, no, it is. Uh, it's Daniel and, and Amanda in bed together making pretty gross pillow talk. Yeah, and they're like, Did, do you think the kids heard us? So we... Uh, that's when Daniel goes out and finds that Sam has not come home, and we see Anthony, guys. Anthony Watch. Anthony which, is back from, I guess, computer camp. Right, um, from his two-year kind of exile He's in been gone the entire summer. He asks his dad to make him waffles, but, you know, Daniel just doesn't He barely shit. registers his presence, yeah. the presence of his son who has been missing, uh, because Sam has gone AWOL for 12 hours, um... And And so, this is something where, like, so the episode starts off as, like, yeah, okay, like, now we gotta, like, resolve this beef. Where's Sam? Oh my god. Um, All of this, I feel like, could have been averted if, like, Robbie just texted them. Like, he has the LaRosa's numbers. Like, he must know that they're gonna be going apeshit over their missing daughter. Like, I I I guess, I mean, Robbie's situation is a little bit more precarious because he is a guest in the LaRosa home, and he likes, he's, you know presumably Sam's boyfriend. So his loyalties are kind of to her first. Right. And also wanted to, like, preserve the good image. But, like, yeah, so it, it's a little bit, not necessarily completely implausible, but, like, it's an odd series of events, like, where it's like, okay, my girlfriend's super drunk and is afraid to face her parents super drunk, so I'm gonna, like, take her somewhere else. But then it's just like, don't you think they'll be even more pissed if she doesn't come home? Yeah. Um, and then, like, uh, they, like, the LaRussos go to Sam's room. Um, Sam's mom has the password to her computer, which checks out, actually. Yeah. Um, what do and... you think her password is? Oh, my God. Pulpo? 
Oh my really? god, what if it's no mercy? <laughs> I like that. that would... <laughs> no, that's not a Sam password. Not so Sweet much. Sweet guys. Um, yeah, I, I would be curious to know, but it, but Amanda knows it, and it. Um, Aisha's been like messaging her, being like, "Hey, did you get home okay? You were so drunk last night." Aisha's a good friend. Yeah, but like, what's interesting is that so okay. So that happens. Daniel uses Find My Phone to track her iPhone. He drives to, like, where the iPhone is, which is, of course, Johnny's apartment. He sees the Cobra Kai mobile outside. And automatically he's triggered. Right. And this is, like, the the way this works is that uh, there's, like, a nice, nice moment, actually, when Robbie is, like, in Johnny's apartment and he sees, like, you know, these old pictures that he drew when he was a kid, his old soccer trophies from when he was eight. Again, and I said... Johnny planted them there, like, oh two my God. days ago. <laughs> this episode actually has, like, this is, a lot goes on in, in a very short amount of time, and it's all pretty well done, but I do appreciate, like, after two seasons of, like, Johnny and Robbie just not being able to, like, connect, Yeah, there's, not, there's like, a couple of just nice moments that are not overplayed. Yeah, like, Robbie decides, he says he'll take the heat for Sam getting drunk, and you can tell Johnny kind of quietly approves of this kind of, like, chivalry. Right. I mean, there's also, again, not totally implausible to me, but, like, you know, he's, basically, he's like, it'll crush LaRusso to know that Sam was drunk. And it's just like, why? Will it? Actually, I think, I think he's right about that. Because throughout the episode, you see every time Sam says, tries to clear things up and be like, this is sort of partially my fault or Robbie didn't do this. Like, Daniel just doesn't want to hear anything bad about his daughter yeah. at all. Like, he's completely in denial about it. And I think it's really frustrating. He loves her as much as he hates Anthony. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. He'd be like, she could have blamed the whole thing on Anthony, to be honest. <laughs> and he would have been like, okay, that checks out. Anthony was behind it all. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, actually, that's a pretty good point. Um, in fact... To, to the point that it's like, because I like this episode so much, and it, it almost makes the rest of the season look weaker, like, that's a theme that the, the, the show has not really explored, but probably should have, which is that, like, Daniel idolizes his daughter. He has tunnel vision about the things that he holds, like, right. certain truths and, in his life. And when you think about it, that's got, like, if they actually explored this, that's gotta be pretty hard on Sam, too. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't... Your dad just thinks, like, you're perfect all the time. Well, yeah, I think and living that's up to that the, image. the yeah. deeper theme in that. Because, like, yeah, she spirals out at this party because she's got all these feelings. And, and like, she's a teenager, so she's going to act out. But that's not really seen by her parents. Right. They think she's perfect. It's weird because it's like, it's like this entire show for two seasons. They struggle to, like, sort of figure out, like, what to do with Sam. And I feel like just right in, like, the last two episodes, they kind of, like edge towards something like yeah that's an interesting thing where it's like she's a teen she like fucks up and like but her, it's almost like but her dad just doesn't want to see that you know yeah. um but yeah so he robbie says he's going to take the heat for her for her and say that he i guess got drunk and i don't know it's not what? a very well thought out excuse i don't know how he pl- i mean because like sam looks hungover and also like, she I mean, looks like she had not, a rough night right right and so it's just like okay and, and so you got drunk and wanted to come here and, and what what why still why wouldn't sam just call home then but anyways so Daniel shows up super, super angry. And um, Johnny, who's basically been like, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to cover for you. Base is like, I'm not going to. he's gonna, totally calm. He's very calm. He's like, I'm not going to let you in until you calm down. And then, and then like, uh, 
Daniel, Daniel flips out. Flips out. Yeah. He kicks <laughs> down the door. They get into a fight. It's how do you feel about the fact that the first real fight that they've had happens in Johnny's shitty living room? Does that check out to you? Sure, but this fight is stupid. Like, the motivation for it is stupid. Yeah. Like, they really wanted them to fight. Yeah. Y- you know, it's like, I get it, like, we, we gotta do this, right? They had their moment, like, in the penultimate episode. Now it's like, they, for some reason, everybody thinks we're, like, really desperate to see Johnny and Daniel fight. Yeah, do you feel, like, attract emotionally? Because I felt like, okay, they had this really nice, I can believe it of Daniel, because Daniel never shows any growth. He, like, has this whole arc, and it's, it seems triggered by specific scenes. Like, he talks to a fisherman. He's like, okay, maybe I should change my behavior. Hmm. Or, hey, I had this heart-to-heart with Johnny. Like, he's had a few heart-to-hearts with right. Johnny. And it never really actually seems to and, change his impression. Right. And, like, the one thing that you can say is, like, okay, well, I guess he's obviously very worried about his daughter. But, like, none of this, like... And I'm not saying that he wouldn't be, like like, flipping out if he thought his daughter was in trouble. But, like, none of this makes any sense. Like, he knows that Sam was drunk. Like, because he saw, like, the te- the yeah. text from Aisha. So, first of all, he already knows that. Um, and so, like, and, y- you know, at no point does Robbie ever, like, tell the lie that he was planning to tell that, like, I was drunk. But also, just, like, he knows that she was drunk. And he knows why Sam is here, because, like, Robbie, like, took her here. Yeah. Like, you think... I had guessed that maybe he's angry that she or Robbie, who he now considers, like, it's a rivalry, right? And it's at its base. So he wants everyone to choose him over Johnny in every situation. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that, like... So it has his, like, surrogate son and his daughter basically choosing Johnny. But not really. Like, his daughter's, like, hungover as shit. And... I don't know. Johnny just makes a convenient scapegoat in every situation. I guess, but, like, it's honestly just, like, like, I will contrast this to stuff that happens later in the episode, but, like, this is just perplexing. Like, they really wanted these two guys to fight. Yeah. And it's just, like, okay, but, like, seriously, and also, like, after they fight, and, like, there's, like, a scene, and things break, etc., etc., and my comment that I wrote down was, like, um, why are they fighting? Yeah, and I don't buy just everything we've seen from Johnny this uh, season, and even in this episode. I just don't think that he would participate in the fight. Right. I think he would just be like, we've got other problems. Yeah. And like, I get it. Like Daniel wants to fight, but like, but seriously, it's like, what also like Johnny, what are you trying to stop him from doing? Like from seeing his daughter? I think if Amanda had witnessed that, like the divorce papers would be on the table. Yeah, None of that makes any sense. And like, just so juvenile. And then he's like, um, after like, okay. So like they have this fight and then Sam runs out and is like, stop it, which she probably should have done like at the beginning of it. And also, during the fight that they had, they have flashbacks to Johnny and Daniel, like, fighting that at the tournament. That was so ham-fisted. And that's dumb. Because yeah. it's like... Everything about this is different. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not the same... That, that that fight was because they were, like, in a tournament together. Like, this fight is just, like, because the producers really think we wanted to see them fight. And then, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And then, like, Daniel's like, what, you want to be just like your father, Robbie? And it's just like... Um, that was cold blooded, right? Like, and it's also Daniel like, wait, what do you think was Robbie utterly did? savage to to Robbie in this. Like, I've never felt more for Robbie than in this episode right. where Daniel, like, he's been living there for like the better part of a year. Mm-hmm. He's spent all this time with him. He's bonded with him close, more closely. He's probably spent more time with Robbie than he has with Sam recently. Or his real son, Anthony. Oh, God. So and, much more time. Yeah. Um, and he's immediately goes to this tribal place. And he's like, you know, 
I gave you a second chance, which I don't understand, actually. What does that mean? Like... Oh, I guess after, like, he was mad at Robbie, after learning that Robbie lied about shit. Okay. That was from last season. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm honestly just like, wait, okay, you already know that Sam was drunk. Right. Um... It seems like Robbie brought her here, like, it doesn't seem like he brought her here to, like, Mac on her. Like, why would you bring somebody to your dad's place to do that? Yeah. It sounds like he just brought her here. Like, what are you mad about, dude? I mean, you should be... I don't know. Parents tweeted us. I mean, because it just seems very irrational. It's Yeah. And I get that maybe when you think your your kid is in danger, like, you're going to be irrational. But it's also like, but, I mean, you like, you know and trust Robbie. Um, and what, what I don't is feel even... Like, yeah, I don't really... Again, it's kind of like... Is it because he found out they were dating? No, I think Daniel... But he makes his opinions very early on and he does not change them for anybody. So he had his opinion about Johnny. That's never really going to change. No matter how many, like, initial... I mean, I don't know. I just know. don't see any growth at all. And I, poor I Robbie, actually I actually disagree. And you know I'm usually on team let's, let's shit on Daniel. But, like, I think... I think that he does, like, like Johnny, you see him stumbling, like, towards growth and then sometimes re- regressing a little bit. But this, this entire fight scene just, like, it just kind of made me think, like, come on, writers, you can do better than this. I don't this. know. I think he, yeah, he wants to be a better person, but I think, like, what you said last episode about he's kind of an asshole, like, and he tried, see, Johnny and him both have their, like, dickish qualities, but, like, r- Daniel still thinks he's a good yeah. guy. No, and, that's definitely, like, the crux of it. And that's um, why his dickishness always comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh. You know, actually, what would have made it better for me is if that was true. Like, if the scene was, like, tweaked a little bit. Like, as if he was like, oh, my God, I know you got my daughter drunk, Robbie. Do you know what I mean? Like, that would be irrational. It would be dickish. But it would be, like, the connective tissue that you need to make sense yeah. of the scene. Where it's like, what? In some sense, I mean, I will say when I see my parents mad at stuff and, like, they're just, like, They'll cast the blame net wide, right. and it's like, you're watching this, you're like, none of this makes any sense. So I'm wondering if it's a parent thing. Like, I Daniel's mean, just behaving like I an would Indian parent would. totally, yeah, I would totally accept Daniel behaving like an irrational immigrant parent. Definitely. It's just almost like they needed more, like, lines to that effect. Like, Robbie, you took advantage of her, or Robbie, yeah. you did this or that, as opposed to, like, what do you think Robbie did? Also, I don't know. Also, I would have liked to see, just for Robbie's character, if we're gonna, if we're, gonna, if we're stuck with this character... For multiple seasons. Like, I would like to see an actual reaction from his, like, surrogate father. Because he defends Daniel to Johnny. Oh, like, yeah. And he's like, he's a good guy. He let me live there. And having Daniel basically disavow him. Yeah, no, that was... For must, something that isn't I mean, his fault. Actually, again, this episode's very good. Like, for... I mean, not this particular scene, but, like, the next time, like, um, we see Robbie is, like, uh, Johnny's driving him to school. And Johnny got him, like, you know, like pencils and papers and was like is talking about how he couldn't find a trapper keeper for him and then robbie and his only funny line was like i don't know what that is yeah but there's a very it's very nice because you can like you see this the them i guess not even bonding you see them like sort of like like robbie is like actually grateful like to have his dad there at that moment in time um but he's not overplaying it like he's like and he's all he's like kind of like uh yeah he he's like yeah no thanks dad i appreciate it but he also is like but, like, you know, I feel like, I feel really bad about, like, Mr. LaRusso. You know, you're not going to want to hear it, but he was really good to me. And it's just, like, I like that, too. That it's, like, clearly he's very hurt. And he's, yeah. I mean, this is, like, a good moment for Robbie. Like Yeah. And in the car, Johnny, like, gets a call from Miguel. And he's choosing, he decides not to take it. And I wonder if it's, like, this whole thing is about 
chosen family versus your actual family. And Daniel is very tribal and he's like, you know, he says that line about like, yeah, we try to like do this thing and like have a community approach to parenting. But now we got to, I got my own family to worry about. It's like, well, well, fucking Anthony's part of your real family. You don't care about him. The the less said about him, the better. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And I think unfortunately Johnny is like learning, taking away all the wrong lessons from this. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like he's, his son is clearly distraught. I know his other like, um, karate son is calling, but I'm sure Johnny is just like, I'll call him back. Like, I'd feel the same way if I was talking to, like, somebody going through a How crisis. How many of my calls, calls have you silenced? I mean, all of them. Um, <laughs> dare you. I'm not going to talk to you about your, like, latest 80s pop crisis. God damn it. I call about other things. <laughs> Please. Um, but, uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. anyways, like, we're, everybody's back at school. Cruel Summer is playing. Cruel Summer is playing. Um... There's, yeah, there's a lot of, like, neat moments, like, where, like, uh, so Robbie, uh, like, comes up to Sam's locker and oh, is, man. like, yeah. you know, and, and, like, what do you think about this scene? I liked it. Yeah. I did. I really did, because Sam is so traitorous and so weak-willed, because Robbie, yeah, I feel like Robbie showed more growth in this episode and more character than, than he, he has. ever has. Yeah, this is his episode in some ways, in that he does the hard thing and he's like he comes clean about Miyagi Metal Gate and, and I love I love that because the previous episode when Sam finds out that Miguel returned the medal like you know you would ex- again yeah this show is like it, this was like almost a return to form like you would expect Sam to confront Robbie about it yeah you don't really expect Robbie to be like I'm just gonna be honest and tell you how I felt which yeah. is that I felt insecure we had just kissed I didn't want him to win any points with you yeah. and I, I don't know I, I like that's that that's a very clean and honest apology and and Sam is on the verge of apologizing, but the bell rings. Um, and you know, you can cannot be... keep talking right, after the bell rings. Right, absolutely not. Um, do you think that she would have come clean? I don't. No. I don't. No. I think she's, I think she just lives her life in fear. She's still playing the good girl. And so she doesn't want her parents, she doesn't want to lose face in front of her parents or Robbie or anybody. And you know what? Like, again, everybody, everyone who I hate has like shown more growth, like in this episode than ever before. Except for Anthony. Well, no. But I mean, Anthony's perfect. Still he doesn't need to grow. Never pancakes. will get them. Yeah. But like, yeah, but Sam, like, I think that is interesting. Because like I told you, they've always like tried, they've always failed to make Sam interesting. But like, I do think what you said, like, she just, she is terrified of losing face. She's terrified of being honest. And for people seeing like, that she's not like a perfect good girl, which is like, interesting. And you kind of feel for her, even when she's like, kind of at fault for everything. Yeah. Um, um and she- so we're back at homeroom, whatever the kids yeah. are calling oh, it these and, days. And um, it's important because, like, uh, Miguel and Aisha are saying that they have not seen Tori since the party. They keep texting her. She's not texting back. They're worried that, like, I don't know, the cops arrested her or something and they're yeah. rude. Uh, and we got to get Miguel some better friends because he's confiding in Hawk that he kissed Sam. Don't confide and, in Hawk And Hawk anything. is predictably spouting more uh, gems, like... Uh, why just confine yourself to one woman? Yeah, he's not going to do like, that. I'll have a stable of chicks by the end of the semester or and whatever. And this is when a very nice kid comes up to him and tells him, like, hey, man, I went to bed until I was 13. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, which, like, I don't know. I don't know why, but I was just kind of like, you know, sure. Somebody would be like yeah. that. Why not? The things that maybe the theme is the things people will do to save face. Yeah. No, that's true. That's a very good good point because it's like, of course, like Hawk shoves him and is like, nerd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Before we get to the 
to the meat of the episode. Do we want to talk about Stingrays? Like, yeah, randomly, we got, we got it. Doing? Stingray so, shows up. I think he fulfills his ultimate dream of just basically <laughs> being back in high school. Um, yep. He, he interviews to be a security guard. Uh, he's in a suit. He's in a suit. Um, is the interviewer, who's I guess the principal, seems rightfully confused as to why he's there and like why... Uh, like, oh, well, okay, you have no security guarding experience. And also, I don't even think they were hiring for a security guard. I mean, in some ways, being part of Cobra Kai is... I don't know what it takes to be a security oh, guard. He, he does mention that he won, like, the Capture the Flag Challenge. <laughs> That's sure. such a hilarious thing. <laughs> he keeps the flag in his pocket. Sure. Which is pretty good. As you would. Yeah, I would. Um, we are Stingray. I, I mean, oh, God. He's the only millennial presence <laughs> this on this is show. The most depressing he represents takeaway. us. We can't do season three now. I'm, I'm like, in a full on existential Yeah, spiral. we should probably just kill ourselves. Um, but. <laughs> Stingray. And that's how the show ends. Um, <laughs> just mass suicide. Okay, so I think um, let's get to t- Tori because Tori is kind of the catalyst. She's gone rogue. She's been missing for the first hour of school, but she's back and she straight up takes over the the what, school what announcements. Like yes. you know, like on the loudspeaker, she fucking like goes in there, commandeers the microphone, and says. Oh, let's just play it. Come on, let's yeah. play it. Michael, give that back! Ow! You're not allowed to... Samantha LaRusso. You know what you did, and now you're gonna pay for it. I'm coming for you, bitch! And, man... It's glorious. It's pretty glorious. Like, I mean, to have someone as passive as Sam get called out publicly like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, is it insane? Yes. Totally Am I frightened of Tori? Totally. I, yeah, no, I mean, God, there, I would even say, okay, so what happens next is like, um, you know, everybody starts rushing towards it. First of all, Tori didn't mention a location, um, so, but I don't know. Everybody seems to subconsciously know where this to go. This high school is like huge it's like 14 floors and yet they all know to converge in this exact hallway and you see like both miguel and robbie sprint into this hallway and it's like how do you guys know where to sprint to i don't understand tori did not mention they memorized maybe they both memorize sam's schedule and and know where she is they must be in like hallway because what's sad is i feel like no one's coming for tori's well, maybe Miguel is. Miguel is, and that's true because when the fight starts in earnest, so it's, oh, it's great. yeah, Tori and Sam are like circling each other like sharks, mm-hmm. and there's like I'm gonna say it. I think that the Tori and Sam fight is actually my favorite of all the fights. Yeah, that's true, and they mm-hmm. actually spend the most time on their interaction, mm-hmm. which I was surprised at because normally you'd think Miguel, Miguel and Robbie, they've haven't spent that much time with each of these characters they like miguel and robbie like despite them like facing off in the tournament in season one and them like dating the same girl there's no real heat they don't interact enough like tori and and sam again man this episode's so good that i I just wish that they'd made a better rivalry out of it all season but tori and sam have definitely spent more time like facing off than they have and like also um can i bring like a bit of like a bring it a personal story into the not not personal but like All professional right. actually um <laughs> did you beat someone up at work we're gonna hear it all guys i can't talk about it Nina, uh-huh. but all right one of my um 
early jobs as a lawyer was actually like um, working for a city, a city called New York. Where, wow, uh, that was yeah. I was like, should I like keep it keep it a secret? But whatever. I was working city. for the city of New York, and it was um, in family court. So like, my job was actually in the prosecution of juvenile offenders. Um, but what's interesting is that like a lot of the cases that involved like outright assault of like, like, you know, juveniles assaulting like other juveniles, a lot of them involve girls. In fact, I would almost say that like most of them did. Um, and see many Tory archetypes kind of, yeah. Like a lot of them were involved girls and it's so interesting because it was usually about a boy, usually about a boy flirting with somebody. I hate that. If violates the Bechdel test, couldn't we be, couldn't they be fighting over like, what, Nina? What? Fucking what? Homework? Pre-calc? Um, <laughs> there's no. other But, I mean, if it makes you feel, like, better, I, which I don't know why it would, but, like, the instigating thing would usually be about a boy or something like that. But, like, you know, you would see sometimes, like, there'd be video footage of the fights, and it was, like, they, like, this was not, like, you know, everybody's like, uh, chick fight. No. These were, like, Hair real pulling, fucking fights. Yeah. Like, these were, and... Brass there, knuckles. Yeah. And there was something about, like, there's, like, a, like in the fight between Tori and Sam, like, it's the most visceral of the fights. Tori, like, screams in a way that's, like, scary. There was something about it that almost seemed weirdly realistic to me because you can tell, I think, that, like, Sam is a girl who's, like, never been in a real fight. And you know what? I'm going to say that most of the kids we see, like, kung fu fighting in this episode have never been in a real fight before. I think Tori has. Oh, yeah, and... Like, every every part of this fight is, like, gold. But when, towards the end, when Tori and her are on the staircase, and she's like, what does she say? She says, like, this isn't a, this isn't a tournament. Yeah, there, there aren't, aren't any rules. rules. And then she takes, she moves the brass knuckles down. Yeah. And I was like, is she going to, like, slit her throat? <laughs> because I thought that's what was going to happen. I was like, is this do, murder? Do you, do you think that she would have killed her? I think Tori was really mad, and I think she was going to fuck Sam up. I don't think she was thinking of the consequences of murdering somebody in a hallway. I mean, but I, do you think someone would like hijack an announcement room? Like, no, I mean, the that's first day of school pure theater. Cause, but uh, right, because more realistically, like uh, she would have like cornered Sam after school where there weren't witnesses. But like, speaking of which, this high school is lawless. Uh, so t- the two assist- the assistant principal and the principal. Like, try to break it up, and then one gets, like, beat up by a Cobra Kai, and then he's just like, no, no, no. I mean, I should mention, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't seen the episode or, like, the show, but, like... There are people that do that. Yeah, strange yeah. but true. But, like, it starts with the Tory on Sam fight. Um, quickly, it spreads to other participants. Like, you know, so eventually you've got, like, what seems like the entire school fighting in the hallways, which is a little ridiculous. But then you get to... Then they sort of pare it down, so it's like really just like five or six fights as opposed to like every fucking person fighting every other person which makes no sense yeah and then yeah but eventually they sort of were like no let's like say there's five or six fights and then the rest of school is like following them to watch which kids would totally do but uh oh yeah the you're right like the principal like at one point dimitri goes get to get a teacher and like the teacher's like watching another like teacher like get like decked by a student which like come on now no matter how mad you are like I think yeah. that would get you, like, suspended for life. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I could see this happen. There's mm, certainly schools. Sure, that I suppose. Um, and you could... I mean, would, do I wish that, does it happen at our high school? Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's it's pretty, so 
it's interesting how they make this work because the concept is so ludicrous, like this giant brawl in school, and it's but it just kind of works. It's goofy and it's funny and it yeah. just is also it, what awesome. I love is that um, it's the the action both stays on kind of the core four. So like Tori and Sam, they're the like the main the main event mm-hmm. and then Robbie and Miguel are like tailing them both and getting into their own oh, fight. And this was, this was great. This is the thing that I love the most. It's the opposite of the stupid Daniel Johnny thing where it's like, wait, I'm sorry. Why are they fighting? Like Tori is like beating the shit out of Sam. Robbie comes in there and pulls her off of his girlfriend and then has her like in a chokehold against the lockers. And then like Miguel sees that gets involved. Yeah, because he's like, wait, this guy's choking my girlfriend. It's and like meanwhile, it totally makes uh, sense. Tori names the names, and she's like, I know what you did last summer or this summer mm-hmm. or yesterday, whenever. Right. And Robbie, I, I, I don't know. Do you feel like he it registered that moment? I don't know. I felt like you see his stricken face, and later in the fight with Miguel, he's like, you took advantage of Sam. Kind of like the same like kind of thing that no he... one can believe Sam is capable of no. anything. It's, no, it's, it's just kind of like, interesting. Poor, yeah, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, like it totally and utterly makes sense that Miguel and Robbie start fighting. Which I was just like, thank you, show. I knew you could justify a fight if you tried. Um, and then everybody else kind of gets involved. Um, Hawk does this thing where like. He sees his closest friends in fights, and his reaction is to scream, Yeah! Yeah, it's like he's Spartacus or something. And then he just starts, like, busting heads. I made us rewind it so I could confirm. He does at one point, like, take two kids' heads and just, like, push them into the walls, and one of those kids is Virgin, who is in Cobra Kai and on his team. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. um, He just wants to see the world burn. That's true, but Hawk actually does end up going after Dimitri in this. And, As you knew he must. Yeah. Yes. And it's one of those things where you're like, okay, this is going to be ugly for Dimitri. But Dimitri actually does get the last shot and kind of a surprise move. So it seems like he's been internalizing some Miyagi-Do moves. Ooh. And he kicks uh, Hawk into the trophy case. And it's pretty good. He says, no hard feelings, Eli. Which is pretty... It's pretty good. The only thing I would have wanted is that, like... It was established earlier this season that Dimitri is a terrible fighter, but he does have this one thing, which is his Dimitri power, which is that he worries about everything, so he can usually sense danger. I, I kind of thought that it would make sense if he won the fight by doing something like that. Yeah. But no, he just, like, Yeah. Uh, and we we can revisit well. this, but I'm just curious where what season three holds for these two characters yeah. and their relationship. Yeah. It's, it's- Pretty satisfying, though. Um, um, yeah. So, back to everyone's getting kind of pulled into this fight, but then it goes to the staircase. Oh, wait, wait. Can we talk about, like, Ooh. my favorite? Well, yeah, before we get real with, like, the central fights, um, the Virgin, I mean, I guess after he's, like... Love that is going hard for this Virgin. Right? Virgin and Asian Virgin. <laughs> does does you he... can't prove that Asian Virgin is a Virgin. I can't. I can't even prove Virgin's a virgin. But, like, the two, like, littlest of the kids, like, have a pretty cute brawl. They do. Um, The, oh, my God, former Hawk Henchman and Hawk Henchman, whose names I really cannot remember. I don't care about these two characters at all, and I really wish they weren't on the show anymore. Really? Because I I kind of... They add nothing to this. They add absolutely nothing, except for one thing, which is that it is just fun to see everyone, like tertiary, like, D-list characters. They all have their own rivals. And I love how they're automatically pick someone kind of size appropriate. Right. They're like, rival. I mean, yeah, you're not going to, like, be, like, yeah, it's that like gigantic guy choosing, like, <laughs> Asian version as your rival. That's right. weird. I mean... <laughs> um, although, yeah. But, like, yes. And the, the other thing is that 
I don't know, man. Tell me how you feel about this. Like, there are a lot of unnamed extras in Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai. And, like, when you see, like, two of, like, them facing off, you're like, what's their story, man? Like, what's... <laughs> and it almost is kind of like, are there too many people, like, in Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do? I almost think there are. Like, we don't yeah. even see that many people who we've never been introduced yeah, to Yeah, random townsperson 12. Right, who's, like, ready to punch a teacher in the face for no fucking reason. Like, um... The only person that wasn't involved in that brawl was, like, Anoush. And Amanda. Oh my god. <laughs> Anoush. Yes. Car salesman Anoush should have been The only involved. person that's not allowed to do karate. And in, until shit gets really real, like, there's just, a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I would say that, like, Aisha, they, they, again, they don't know what to do with her anymore. Yeah. She gets to shove one guy who, like, punches her. Okay. I feel bad for Aisha. I kind of do. Like, they really, they could have given her a goddamn rival, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, but you do get to see, like, Stingray, like, handle things. Yeah, Stingray was never going to be a security guard. He's just a little I, too into. I mean, yeah, he, he, like, he's like, I can handle this. And you see him just, like, fucking, like, taking out kids left and right and high-fiving Hawk. And that was, like, a moment where I'm like... All right, I got it. They did this entire season so they could like just do this, and I might not even have a problem with it. Okay. Yeah, that was just enough um, of Stingray. I didn't need any more. No, that was like the perfect amount of Stingray, which is like <laughs> a, about thirty seconds or right. so. But yeah, yeah. I mean, should we get real yes, about the real? Okay, uh, it's been it's been building to this. So Tori, I will say, is I feel like she's for the most part been winning the mm-hmm. fight like she gets in some really good hits she's and samantha's been on the defense for definitely. most of it and she and i guess sam is trying to like call it off and be like and, and tori is just like i she think has it, the bloodlust in her eyes and it's nothing a yeah very good fight because i think it, at a certain point like sam realizes it's like it's truly like actually scary like you realize like in a way actually like even, like, the Robbie, uh, yeah. um, Miguel fight isn't as scary, because Tori, like, truly wants to hurt her, and Sam, I think, at one point realizes it's, like, if you don't fight, like, I think she's actually gonna kill you, you yeah. know? And it, 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 yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, and so you're actually rooting for both of them? It's just, like, a really good fight where yeah. you're, like, okay, I see, I see why both of you are acting, well, Tori less so, but Tori's such a good fighter. Yeah. It's just, like, fun It's a pleasure to watch her fight. It's a... <laughs> And actually seeing her, like, so angry and unhinged, it's like... And watching Sam show really any emotion besides, like, sulkiness and entitlement is nice to see yeah, as definitely. well. Yeah, really. It's like, I know I, like, I feel like I'm fucking at fault for this, but I also don't want to die at this girl's hands in the hallway. Yeah, it's, and it's, haven't yeah. we all been there? <laughs> yeah, right? Remember that fight we got into? <laughs> right. I mean, it was Yesterday just... at the Y. Oh, that got bad. <laughs> um, so, going to Robbie and Miguel, who are really just, like, the supportive adjacent boyfriend fight or yeah totally so robbie now like you do yeah, yeah robbie has the knowledge that you know sam kissed miguel but i think he thinks it's like a well yeah he i mean he i get blames it. miguel he reframes it, it in his like head like you took advantage of sam and miguel's like i would never and you know basically and miguel's like you know, she, she wants me, not you, which enrages Robbie more. Yeah, and then... so wait, do you think there's shades of Darth Miguel here? Or, like, I feel like the whole season they've been showing that Miguel is over Sam. Like, to the extent he's, like, he wonders where Tori is. He kind of regrets the kiss. He's he, he, trying to apologize and come clean about it. Totally. And he gets into the fight because Tor- he thinks Tori is threatened. Yeah, and he feels sorry about what he did. And then it just feels inexplicable that he throws that in his face where, like, 
Sam loves me and not you. And it's like, yeah, whoa, I, like, you guys dated for two weeks. Yeah. And, or I want, and I also, like, and yeah. it just seemed like a weird thing. But there, yeah, you're right. It did seem kind of a weird thing. I did like more, like, when uh, he headbutts Robbie and he's like, well, you let that move, learn it from your dad. That was also out of character. <laughs> it's like dad play. It was a little weird. Um, but I liked uh, it. It was. <laughs> it's like none of these people are actually interested in romance. They just want a parent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, it's so interesting because, like, Miguel and Robbie, like, they have a lot of the elements of, like, a good rivalry. Like, you know, they have the tournament thing and the whole thing that they were into the same girl and the fact that they share a father figure. And yet, like, they just don't spend a lot of time together, man. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just interesting. It's, yeah, it comes out of nowhere. And they don't spend... I don't know. In some ways, it's like Miguel is the heart and soul of the show, and so it makes sense that the way the episode ends would lie with him. Um, yeah. But in some ways, it's like, okay, all this dramatic tension has been building, and it doesn't even happen. It's like with Tori and Sam, and then it gets pulled away again back to Robbie and Miguel. And to be honest, like with the way this plays out, you know, because we'd seen the episode before we did this rewatch for this podcast, you're welcome, listeners. Like, you know what's going to happen, which, you know, we'll get to. And and I remember, like, waiting for the tragic end and being like, oh, man, they shouldn't have done this. They should have just kept this episode, like, light and weird. Um, but it it, does, it it works symbolically. Yeah, and, and again, it's like you see in Miguel's face, like, I don't know why he's this worked up. I don't know. I don't feel like it's super earned because he doesn't, again, he doesn't share that much history or with Robbie. Yeah, he mainly, like, was joining the fight to get him off of Tori. Um, and then they're, like, fighting, because, I don't know, you just, that's what you do, I guess, in the show. But, like... Then he has this, like, whole dad montage with Johnny, and it's, like, it's very affecting, and he gets pulled back from the edge. And Yeah, like, yeah, because it's, like, uh... And he says, I'm Ro- sorry. Like, he's got um, Robbie pinned. Actually, I, it, I kind of think that they're fighting at this point um, the way that, like, Sam has to fight Tori because Tori wants to kill her. I think Robbie's sort of in... I mean, Rob. It, maybe it would work better if Robbie looked more enraged, but, like, Robbie's pretty mad about, like, I think what he said about, like, yeah. Sam wanting him. Um, anyways, like, he... So Robbie's, like, really, like, getting at him and, like, Miguel's got him pinned down and it looks like he's about to, like, you know, I don't know... What do you think he was going to do? Anyways, like, curb stomp him? Uh, but, um... I mean, it's kind of like the end of season one in the tournament where, um, Robbie... Like, he takes that cheap shot at Robbie mm-hmm. and, like, punches him when he's injured. Right. And in this so case, I guess, yeah. yeah, he could punch him when he's, like, down on the ground. But, like, he doesn't. He, like, has all these flashbacks of, like, Johnny basically saying, like, you know, I don't, I didn't know the difference between mercy and, and honor and, and I don't want that for you. I want you to be better than me. And he's, and they're like, is this the kind of person you want to be? Which is, which is cool. Like, and he says, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which, I don't know. What do you think he was saying he was sorry for? I thought he was saying more directly, like, I'm sorry for kissing Sam or, like, this situation, maybe. Um, Maybe he's saying he's sorry for the time he didn't show mercy. uh, Oh, that's true. That's true. A good callback. Um, What I found interesting is that uh, as soon as he apologizes, you, like, zoom to Robbie's face and Robbie looks, like, incensed. And that's what gets him to, like, jump up and start, like, fighting back or, like, pushing Miguel over that. Yep. Banister, yeah. which I think is strange. It's a strange reaction to being apologized to. I mean, I think Rob... I mean, I actually 
think it works because like, I don't know, for some reason, like Robbie's like, oh, fuck you. Like this guy, like he kisses your girlfriend. He's beaten you in a fight. He's just mad, man. And so he gets up, he kicks Miguel. And I will say this, like, I love Miguel, like, like he was my own son, but like there, are, there's another moment in the fight where like Sam, like gets Tori off of her when Tori brings up the brass knuckles and ends up kicking, um, Tori over like a banister, but she like just kind of like goes down a couple of stairs, right? In this case, it's like Robbie like does end up kicking Miguel over a staircase, and you see this horrible. Yeah, it's like endless. It's like slow motion fall. He hits like you can see his spine crack against the banister, and it's like yeah, you know what? I love Miguel like my own son, but you know that like Robbie like did not mean to do that. Um, and I like that the show acknowledges that these are all teens and they react in teen ways so it's like irrational as everyone is behaving like uh sam immediately is like robbie what have you done and robbie like is yeah you see, and you he see runs his off. face where yeah. he's just like what oh the what the fuck yeah and uh tori is also like finally pulled out of her rage and like yeah because it's like you know, at one point in the fight, like, she kind of ends up, like, hitting Miguel, like, yeah. which I get. She's probably mad at him, too, you know, yeah. but, like, um, yeah, you know, she's, like, distraught because it's, like, there's her boyfriend and he is, like, it looks like he fucking broke his back. It's awful. Oh, God. And it's, like, this crazy thing where this episode was, like, super fun and then suddenly you're, like, ah. Yeah. And then everyone's gathering around Miguel's body um, and it cuts to Johnny, who is... Again, not a fan of smartphone updates. He's, <laughs> and we can all relate, but he's he's left out of the drama. Um, Daniel immediately, it cuts to Daniel being in his dojo, being like putting away his Miyagi. No, that's later. But yeah. he's just like, I don't know what his Daniel. Whatever doing. Daniel. I don't does. know. Um, anyway, but Amanda's kind of like heard what's going on in the high school, um, so they all kind of like convene at the hospital, and I feel really bad for Johnny because. Carmen is super distraught, obviously, and she immediately blames Johnny. And this Unfairly. Is, I, I disagree. I mean, like, again, I hate it when people, like, you know, stuff like when, like, Daniel's really mad at, like, Robbie or Johnny for Sam being drunk, and it's like, wait, I'm sorry, what, what, just, where's the, the, you don't even have to be a logical person, but there has to be, like, something there. But when Carmen is like, before he met you, Miguel was a good, sweet boy, he never, like, he, he avoided fights. And it's, like, actually true. Like, this would not... I mean, I'm not saying it's, like, fair to blame him, but she's right in that, like... What is... What's the word? Like, it's, like, correlation, but not necessarily causation, where it's, yeah. like... I don't think that, like, Johnny, like, taught Miguel to seek out fights. I think it's more that, like, he would not have been in this situation if it weren't for the fact that Johnny taught him how to fight, you know? Um, when he was, like, you know, practicing running away, it probably wouldn't have happened. Well, he was also not successfully always he, running away. He would have gotten his ass kicked. He would have gotten his ass kicked. He would get beat up, but, like, it probably wouldn't have been quite like this. So it's, like... This was also kind of a freak incident. Yeah, that's true, I mean, but, like, you know... was predicting that one of the women that your son dates will hijack a high school. True, true, but, like, she's... But she's a mom, you know, and she's basically like... I know, I like, think it's because I have such a low tolerance for, like, it's like the mothers. misplaced blame, the irrational anger, yeah, the but, feelings. But this is... Come on This now. is much less, like, misplaced than, like, this is basically just, like... Yeah. 
you know, she's like really sad and distraught. She's lashing out at Johnny and like she's not necessarily wrong. Um like they've only had one date, so it's they've not only like... had one date and like honestly like if Miguel's mom like knew what the early training of Miguel was like, uh yeah, no. I mean, she would have flipped for flipped out about it a lot sooner. Um so I, I get that. I also like, uh, I wrote this down, I like how Sam looks fucked up. Yes. Yeah. I wrote, because I was like, she does, she's been in that fight for a while. Like, that fight was like half an hour or something, yeah. like, grueling. And, and up and, until the end of the Robbie-Miguel uh, fight, it is, like, the most brutal fight. Yeah, and it's, I think they mentioned that she may have cracked a rib, which mm-hmm. sounds accurate. Yep. Because it's like, uh, Tori did manage to, like, get her with the brass knuckles and, like, her like cut face her arm. is, her- like face is fucked up yeah and i like that like that's just like i didn't think that they would have the balls to be like yep she was fucked up by that fight and she's and this is again like the most i've ever felt for sam like all that and she's like sobbing because she's like it's my fault what happened to miguel and it it is in the same way it's johnny's fault like it's like not really but also and i've never wanted to like strangle daniel Moore. is when he's immediately like no it's not and it's like just listen to her speak and just uh, stop! Stop everything you're doing. Like he's just so tunnel visiony, and he right. can't really see the forest for the trees. He doesn't seem to give a shit about. You know how it's like if someone's your surrogate son, like even if they mess up, you still are concerned about him. But I feel like Robbie was towing this fine line, and like he messes up once, and like Daniel's done. Daniel's Daniel out. does say like I can't believe that Robbie would do this. Yeah, but maybe it's like Daniel just idolizes everybody. Like, he can only include people in his life if they're perfect. Like, Miyagi's, un- like, mm-hmm. Miyagi's memory. Um, making sure, sh- like, maybe Miyagi had a dark side. and Would he be able to handle that? Right? No, I mean, I think that's a good point. I like, I think that's an interesting, like, emotional terrain. I, I like, I like actually, I mean, not that I like this behavior, but I like that he's like, no, Sam, you didn't do anything wrong. Because it's like... I don't know. It shows that like Sam can't be flawed, and that like in his eyes, and that's probably pretty hard on her. And like, yeah, actually, like a very good like character moment for like almost everybody, man, in this episode. It's, um, yeah. But he's he also says like to Amanda, like I'm not gonna let Cobra Kai get away with this. And it's like again, he just he's it's like season one, Daniel. I've seen nothing, right? right? And it's like. And Amanda, um, you can tell how frustrated she yeah, is. Yeah, this like, is Amanda who's finally like, nope, nope. Like, you saw what your daughter looked like. Yeah. No more karate. This is not about Cobra Kai. I, this is this is like, yep, yeah, alright, finally you're just like fucking like drawing the line in the sand. And like, also, Daniel, like, I'm not gonna let Cobra Kai get away with this. Uh, your student killed someone, or nearly killed yeah, someone. Yeah, so it's like Robbie is his son as long as he's like enrolled in school and living at the LaRussos. But as soon as he like has any contact with Johnny or like does anything wrong, he's suddenly Cobra Kai's property. He's like, or maybe he's actually just talking about Tori, like beating the shit out of his daughter. Really? Actually, maybe. Cause he I really talked like, about Tori at all. It, but I, I mean, Tori's the one. Even, he doesn't even know about Tori. I mean, he must come on. Oh no, he does. Cause it's like Amanda at the beginning is like, we're going to get that girl expelled. They know, like, who was wailing on their daughter. I'd actually, you know what, actually, when I think about it, I I was honestly, like, baffled why he was angry at Cobra Kai, but it's like, to be honest, and I don't even mean this as a fault, but he's probably thinking about his own daughter, a Cobra Kai girl beat her up, he's probably not even thinking that much about Johnny, or sorry, Miguel and and Robbie at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, But I do like, I really, really like this. 
that like there is a scene where Johnny is just like he's really fucked up over Miguel. He's having a montage of all their father son moments. I know, and it's so touching. It's really touching. Um, he, you see him like listening to the phone message that Miguel left him, which I also like that it wasn't like something where it's like, oh, if you only picked up the phone, you could have stopped this. It wasn't. It was just kind of like Miguel saying, let's get a burger so I can talk about my girl problems. But, like, you see him crying, and then you see him and uh, Daniel in the elevator together at the hospital. Yeah, what do you think that scene meant? Because they're completely in silence. They're staring ahead, both lost in their own kind of thoughts. I loved it. I thought it was perfect, because I really think the... Again, like, what I liked so much about season one is that it subverts your easy expectations, and this is, like, you expect them to start yelling at each other in the elevator. But they don't. Because it's, like, shit, man. Like, Miguel, like, Johnny's surrogate son is almost dead. Do you think it's kind of undercut by the fact that, like, they share that quiet scene, and Johnny is, like, again, as you'll see later, he's, like, Cobra Kai is kind of, like, taken everything away from me, is given me so much, but it's taken away, and he's, like, over it. But Daniel has that quiet scene, and then, like, the next scene he's with Amanda, and he's like, they're not going to get away with I this. I think that was a scene at now. Okay, no. so it's after. It's afterwards. I think that, like, it got through to Daniel that, like, you're at fault for this as much yeah. as anybody is. And I think that there's, I think it's very good, because there's, like, a lot of, like, complex emotions. Mm-hmm. And, like, if they had started yelling at each other or fighting in the elevator, it would have, like totally undercut, like, all, like, the the seriousness of the situation, which is, like, you know, Daniel's daughter's fucked up, and, like, this kid nearly died, and Daniel's surrogate son and Johnny's actual son, I think, committed manslaughter. Like, a lot has happened. It's like, yeah. what are you even going to say to each other? Coffee here's terrible, right? Like, no, I mean, I there's nothing. It's just, like... Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, that was such a good choice, that they were just like, yeah. Okay. Let's get to the last scenes. Um, so, oh, okay. <laughs> so Johnny is back. He's drinking out of a paper bag, and he's headed back to the dojo, his place of solace, when he hears some ominous chanting coming from the back of the dojo. Ugh. And who else is there but our friend Crease, who's been missing <sighs> two episodes. only two episodes, but feels like longer. It was just like such a breath of fresh air. To have him gone for like yeah. a, at least an episode and a half where it's like you get some more because so much of the season you realize he was like sucking he and dry. sucking it dry. Yeah. And and some of that energy you're like even me like noted Crease fan was like Jesus Christ what will it take to get rid of this guy because he's back in the dojo. He's got eight students and the only one I recognize is Hawk and, and that um, other meat-headed looking Chris, guy. Chris. Like his. Sure. Yeah. Chris. Let's call him Chris. I think his name's Chris. Um, and he's <laughs> Yeah, what I love about this is, like, beyond, like, everything about it strains believability to me. That, like, a bum like Crease could have angled, like, stolen the dojo away in the in the two days that Johnny was gone. Yeah, in the two days that Johnny was gone to, like, hang out with his friends, he somehow managed to get the lease to the dojo. I mean, sure, and, yeah, I guess Hawk was easy picking, so he's been kind of working on Hawk, and Hawk blames Johnny for some reason right. for Miguel's... All of the students are like, uh, you know, it's your fault that Miguel rate, yeah, showed mercy. Students. I mean, right, because, I mean, first of all, it's like, you know, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, all of Cobra Kai turned on him, but it looks like there's eight students, I counted them, they all are like... Miguel showed mercy, and he nearly lost his life. If he dies, it's your fault. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, they wouldn't, like, I don't know, be, like, irrational about it. I am saying that none of their parents would let them do this anymore. 
Like, I don't know ha- that these, like, no. gang of teens have any Hawk parents. Hawk has parents. Hawk, Eli Moskowitz has parents. Yeah, but you know what? I think his, if you, if you were Hawk's parent, like, his mom, I, I would have been like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, come you. on. They pay for, like, their kids to go to this dojo. That's true. They, no. Like, these are not, that's the thing. This is, the scene was, like, so dumb to me because it's, like, everything about it. Like, first of all, they're high school kids. Their parents have already yanked them out of karate at this point after, like, the fucking school brawl. It is ridiculous that they would be at this dojo at night practicing with Kreese. Kreese also is like, okay, so... Maybe they're not even telling their parents about Kreese. Maybe, but, like, it's also just like, okay, so let's say that they are secretly, like, taking dojo lessons. Like, Chris like saying like I own Cobra Kai. It's like this is a business in a strip mall. You got the lease to it. Congratulations. Like yeah, I, I want <laughs> like I want to talk about what kind of verbal contract you have with the landlord. Right. When did this happen? And it's also like okay, I guess you somehow seized. It's not like a corporation also, with a hostile I mean, takeover. Does, it's a fucking like yoga studio. Yeah, and I get that the landlord doesn't like Johnny much. But does Kreese project an aura of responsibility? Right. Like he would be a good tenant. I'm like, okay, so now I guess now you have the you lease. Have a full blown maniac on your hands. Right. It's like and also it's just like it would even this is like this would be equally dumb, but it would make more sense to me if he's like, I'm suing you for violating my trademark of the words Cobra yeah, Kai. Oh, by the way, yeah, maybe Kreese got an LLM while he was out there in Panama or Jesus. something. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> alright, I mean what like and also like Johnny, like, this is a dumb ending that's supposed to be like, look, Johnny's lost everything. But, like, I feel like Johnny doesn't care at this point. Yeah, and I think that it did that really well. Yeah. So he says that explicitly that this was this was a mistake. And he, yeah. he gestures towards the entire Cobra Kai as a concept. Yes, like, it would actually be... re-entering make... his life. It has given him nothing but pain and, like... Right. Like, Johnny, like, Johnny doesn't give a shit. At, and I think the episode knows this. And, like, the writers know this, and, like, uh, William Zabka knows this, but, like, I'm not really sure, like, why they felt the need to have Kreese do the hostile takeover thing, because it's like, Johnny doesn't give a shit. This is not, this is not high, this is not rock bottom for Johnny. Rock bottom was, like, losing his surrogate son. Like, yeah. not... And you'll notice in season one, uh, like, especially when he was telling Miguel about his origin story with Daniel, and, and he was having those uh, all-valley flashbacks, mm-hmm. <laughs> trauma flashbacks... Like, as we got into season two, to the extent that he was having any montages, it was about him and Miguel, yeah. or, you know, it was about those emotional beats, whereas Daniel, you know, he's he's having Miyagi flashbacks. He's, like, just having the same flashbacks he always does. Yeah, and it's, you're right, you're right, and, like, definitely, like, you see a shift away from, like, All Valley ending Johnny's life to, like, his father-son relationship with Miguel is, like, the most important thing to him, and, like, yeah. Like, almost, it's almost, like, anticlimactic to be, like, and Kreese stole your lease. Yeah. Like, okay, and eight of your students who really are not going to be able to pay for this as soon as their parents find and out. And I feel like, yeah, Johnny was able to make a living before yeah. he found karate, and he's like, I'll just, life keeps shitting in my mouth. But, right. I mean, the thing that he gained is that relationship with Miguel, and yeah. that's what the real loss is. Right, and so it's like... You could have ended the episode the exact same way if Johnny just shut down Cobra Kai. Like, you could see him just voluntarily doing that, right? I wish Johnny had, like, thrown some gasoline and just, like, thrown a lit match. That would have been a like, better ending. Stolen Kreese's cigar and just burned yep. the whole thing up. 
I know, like, yeah, you don't Angela really... Bassett style. Yeah, because it's like, you could totally see him doing that. He's like fucking like, yeah, he, he's not like, oh my god, the JoJo's everything to me. That's not yeah. true. So it's just like, what is the significance of Crease? I they, just, yeah, the, the, the like Kreese. the quiet certainty in Johnny's voice. And it's like, he's grown so much as a character that he's over Crease's bullshit. Yeah. Crease's machinations, it's like, look, you... You're playing with fire. This shitty dojo is yours now. Yeah, it's into the ground. seriously just a fucking place with, like, eight psychopath kids in it. Like, yeah, no... your little sociopath breeding ground. And actually, um, I mean, this is the problem for me, is that, like... So, I think this episode just... It's so interesting how they're able to balance, like, the batshit goofiness of the brawl and then, like, the rather tragic ending. Kreese's whole persona fits better into, like, the first half. Yeah, like, well, I think they, they're striving for parody like they want i can see them being like okay we open the season with like crease illuminating the dojo with a cigar and like entering johnny's life in the chaos and i feel like crease's arc has played out yeah um and so like i would have been fine with him not like, coming back shit, like, enough think, of this guy yeah yeah and i think but i think it would have been this like maybe served as a catalyst as like his official break from cobra kai like i don't know what season three holds for johnny but it seems like this is like his excuse to walk away because he's lost the lease, but, he's lost the physical space. But dude, he like he had an excuse to walk away. Like I could totally see him being like Cobra Kai, like fuck this, it was a mistake. Like without Crease ever being there, you know, like yeah. But I think I don't know. They like those like neat storyline bows. So. I know they like the bow, and it's like you knew that Crease had to come back. Yeah, exactly. It's like Crease is not Crease is otherworldly. His yeah, supernatural. He cannot die. He was reborn <laughs> as a snake several times, according to you. Um, and doesn't yeah. it all check out now? I mean, doesn't I'm not it saying it sense? doesn't check out, but um, yeah. yeah. So last scene, Johnny. I love this. Cruel Summer plays... You and Cruel Summer, man. It's so good, though. But it's like, that's the thing. The show does Goofy so well, but it's like a slow, drawn-out kind of painful. And Johnny actually sells that he's staring out into the ocean, and he um, he throws a bottle at his beloved Cobra Kai-mobile. Yep. He's, like, done with Cobra Kai. Done yeah, with the mobile. Yeah, he's also done with technology. I love how it's, like, he took a chance on so many things this season. He took a chance on love and technology and relationships. Where did it all, get him? And, and they all disappointed him in some way. So he's just goodbye to all of it. And so, and you noted this. So he... He throws his phone into the ocean. It kind of hits the sand, though. Kind of hits the sand. Um, but you see that he's received a friend request from one Allie Mills. Yes, which I pointed out doesn't really check out because he sent her a friend request. She would have accepted his friend request. Yeah, come on, writers. Yeah, the yeah. Continuity. We all over caught the place. that, and like we're like busy you making have, snake you, theories you about Chris. You could have just said Allie Mills accepted your friend request. Right. Come on. Or, um, so I, I want to do now a kind of a character by character where we stand and what predictions. Okay. I think this would be fun. Let's do this. Okay. I think Hawk is also reborn as a snake because why not? <laughs> Sorry. You Sorry, know let's what? do this I for real. I stand for this. Um, okay. Let's start with the main characters, Johnny. What do you think happens? Where yeah. does season three find Johnny? It's... You know, I have a feeling we're going to, like, see him go on some kind of motorcycle road trip by himself, which I'm not that interested in. Um, uh, hmm. I think, because ultimately, like, Johnny's character is, like, at its best and at its finest, like, when he's with Miguel. 
And, like, I'd like, I don't know, I'd like to see him, like, reading by Miguel's bedside or some shit like that. I don't know. So I, yeah, I think that his emotional core is with um, Miguel, and he's very duty-bound. And so I don't see him leaving town. I think he's like, sticks by Miguel's side. And so his entire focus is, like, helping Miguel recuperate to the extent that Carmen allows him anywhere near there. But, like, I don't, I feel like that running away instinct is, like, this is a guy that hasn't left the same town yeah. For, like, 20 years. He's not gonna... The most he ever did was to take a two-day road trip to go see other close friends. That's fair. So, yeah. And, and I think it's part of his whole, like, sense of honor is he's not someone who deserts people in need. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, Robbie would say that he deserted their family. Yeah, but that was old. Oh, old, but yeah, Yeah, true. exactly. Old. He's grown. I mean, actually... So here's something and interesting. And he actually, you know, loves Miguel. <laughs> like, he does. <laughs> but, but... Oh, yeah, well, fine. But, like, actually, I'm interested... No, actually, wait. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Robbie is probably, like, a fugitive from the law right now and may actually go to his dad to hide out. And I think that will actually make Johnny feel very much like his actual son kind of, like, fucked up his, his you know, karate son. Yeah. That's a weird place to be in, yes? I feel like, I like yeah. Robbie... You were starting to make inroads with your father, and now it's just the door is closed. No, I mean, it would, I think actually that's the dynamic that we're going to return to because, like, that's what's like maybe you'll interesting. Maybe some anger to wa- work out with Robbie. Well, yeah, because it's like, you know, Robbie's mad because you abandoned the family. Uh, you know, Johnny's mad because you you killed his 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 karate son. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're even now. Speaking of which, how bad do we think Miguel is? I think he's going to live, but he is going to. They're not going to, like, make him a quadriplegic, but they're going to make it, like, so he can't really, like, function as he used to. Like, he's not going to be able to, like, practice karate anymore. Ever? Yeah. I think so. Really? That's my call. I'm calling it. So, I I think the show creators said they hope to make several seasons of the show and they have it all planned out. So, I feel like... I think, like, when it opens in season three, he's not going to be recovered. I feel like it's going to be a season-long recovery effort. Um, but I don't think he's he's down and out forever. Maybe. I mean, you, you're probably right, but like because then like the it loses the whole crux of the show. Like, if there's no karate, what is this show about? Well, like, okay, so there's this show that I watched. It's not just gonna be him and Johnny having burgers. At Why home. not? I mean, sure, um, that'd be great, but it's not gonna. There was a show that I watched like a few seasons of, like on Netflix, and I it was called Make It or Break It, and it was about team like team gymnasts, um, which is interesting, especially because like there are there is no other type of gymnast. They're all teens, and they mm-hmm. go to the they're all training for the Olympics and stuff like that. Do you age out of gymna- gymnasting? Yes, <laughs> you do gymnastics. Yeah, absolutely. Like women's gymnastics, you're not really competitive by the time you turn seventeen. Wow. So it's okay. like interestingly, team gymnastics is not the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. That is like the big leagues. After that, you're just washed up. But there was this. Uh, girl like one character on the show who was like the best gymnast and very dedicated and she ended up like injuring like her spine in a fall and like after that so much of her identity was tied up with gymnastics that she was like desperately thinking like no this treatment will work and that will work but oh man I didn't finish the show and somebody who did will tell me that I'm wrong but like it seemed like they were getting just towards this idea that she would never be a gymnast again oh wait a second I think I saw very similar gymnastics it was but probably it was, the same goddamn shit, but maybe it, it, it was, was not a reality show, right? No, no, it was. It was okay, a so I show. saw a, I saw a fictional 
a teen show. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. It was a fictional show. It was probably make it or break it, goddamn you. Okay, um, we're going to compare notes. We'll compare but, notes, but... Uh, that would be so weird. If Of course it was the same show. God, do we, are we the same person? We're I mean, both Stingray watching the same shit. Right? I mean, come on. Netflix okay. probably right. recommends the same shit to both of us. <laughs> um, we're, but we digress. But, um, yeah, but like I think that that's sort of like an interesting thing to explore, too, where it's like, you, you know, like... I almost think, like, as much Miguel's as I would too love... too young to be, like, a... Kind of, like, a look at what I had. Because he's... He'll be, like, where Johnny was. Like, kind of washed up. Maybe. Or maybe it's more about, like... I don't know. Like, people get, like, seriously injured. And they have to go on with their lives. Like, it'd be kind of interesting if the show is just, like... You know? Like, sometimes that happens. Like, yeah. that's just... You know, that's life. And sometimes you can't do the thing that you used to be able to do. But, like, you still... Your story still goes on, right? Well, I mean, that would be an interesting arc. Because in some ways... It's like Daniel has been expressly told no more karate. Johnny's over karate. Miguel can't do karate. Hawk and Crease are doing Hawk and Crease stuff. You know, to be honest with the show, like there's not that much karate in it, so I think yeah, it'll be but okay. I mean, there's a lot of talk about karate. There's a lot of talk about karate. I mean, yeah, but I. It's like when you're not doing karate, you're talking about karate. It's true. Everybody's <laughs> always like talking about. Okay, what do you see for like? Uh, let's see. So Robbie, like he's a fugitive, yeah. Um, I think Robbie probably tries to run away, but then ends up in juvie or something. Yeah, actually, uh, sure. Definitely. I, also, I can't understand why any of the other people that were involved in this fight, like Hawk, who probably has like 50 witnesses to like the carnage that he laid. Um, why isn't he going to juvie? How is he able to like go back to the dojo that same night and like be... There are a bunch of things where it's like, well... Somebody's probably pressing charges against someone, yeah? Yeah. Um, and, like, again, Hawk's parents who, like, you see Hawk's mom, like, they're, like, concerned upper-middle-class parents. This kid would be grounded for the rest of his fucking life. And, like... I don't know how much parenting they're doing. I think, like, I mean... Look at what he's... The thing about, like, well, yeah, but he's a psychopath because, like, he's raging against his former nerdy self. Like, he's... These, these are not... Like, this is not a high school that sees a lot of fights. Well, I mean... I don't know about that. The, Asian the way... Bully did have his reign of terror, but, like, come on. This is, like... But it was... It, maybe they didn't show this, but maybe if they had been like, this was a normal high school, and then karate, like, extended its dark grasp, and then everyone fell into these factions, because it did feel well, like... Well, I mean, that is what happened. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, fair enough, but, like, I, I don't think the parents would be like, well, that's just West Valley for... No, I mean, like... Maybe it'll yeah. be, like, the town from, like... These are... Footloose, where it said they ban karate. That would be great, actually. No more karate. <laughs> yeah. Led by Mayor Amanda. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I mean, I see, like, definitely the fissures. Like, I think, like, that marital strife that you've been longing for. I could see that. Really? Yeah. I feel like... Okay, so you don't think they just papered it over for good? I mean, I like. I think when Amanda is just, like, no more karate ever. Like, I think she means that. Um, and I think... Daniel's gonna try to, like, get around that somehow. I don't know. Um, yeah, so you don't think Daniel's learned anything? I think that... Because we see him, uh, the, the, his, one of his last scenes is he's putting away one of his thousands of Miyagi portraits. That's true. Away. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, I failed you, and it's like... He said, he, yeah, he says, like, actually, it's nice. He's like, I tried to do the right thing. Did I you, though? I don't know if he... Like, okay, I think, like, there was this moment at the end of season one where, like, uh, when Miguel wins the tournament by basically taking a cheap, cheap shot and everything, and there's, like, this look on Johnny's face where he's like, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think you see the same revelation with Daniel. Yeah, it's annoying. Because There's it's no like, he doesn't even think he fucked up at all until Amanda is like, no more karate. Yeah, and uh, I guess this is like a very like red herring, maybe. Um, but he's seen like on the bed is the history of Okinawa. And I think oh, one, of the, one of the few things that I know he's about going to Japan. Three, he's going to Japan. Yeah, no, there we go. And it's so weird sure. because it's like, that actually is perfect because... Daniel has constructed this perfect life with his perfect daughter um, and marriage. And so he can't, like, he can't deal with reality very well. So, like, he he would run away, I think. Yeah. And, like, even when it seems obvious the thing that you should do is be here for your family and, like, work on your business and being a good husband and all that bullshit, he's probably like, actually, the thing I should do is go to Japan. Yeah. And I think since we know this is going to happen, I'm just wondering, like, is this the split, like, him and Amanda separate? Because I'm just like, how, in what world are you able to leave your family and do this and your business? In Daniel's world. In Daniel world, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who's going with you? Is Anthony going with you? Probably Sam will go with him. You think so? Yeah, although, you know what I would like to see happen It's Sam? the start of school, though. Yeah, you know, what's she, what's she doing? Just healing her broken know. ribs. I would actually like to see, like, you know... This is weird, but, like, in some ways, both Sam and Tori probably feel responsible for what happened to Miguel. Mm. And it would be nice to see them, like, I don't know, come together in some way. Not, uh, like, be, like, necessarily BFFs, like right, but be, something. To be honest, I, I don't feel like the writers care enough about the female characters. I'll be super honest. I just don't see very much evidence of that. Writers prove us wrong. They don't care enough to provide them shading beyond, like, boy trouble or, like... I mean, what they're doing with Sam is, like, yes, she's fighting against Daniel's image of her. And so, but were she to have a real dark arc in She, like, she just started getting an arc in, like, this episode, I would say. And, yeah. like, again, like, I, I agree with you totally. I feel like the potential is there just because of how, like, good the Sam and Tori fight is. And it's almost like if they care about the choreographing of the fight. Do you think they're going to keep Tori? Uh, probably not, but, like, I, I mean. It's so great because I feel like her fighting is the most fun to watch. It's the most fun to watch, and it's, like, you know, like, I totally agree with you, but, like, I feel like just the fact that the fight was so good, and usually in something like this, the chick fight would be over within, like, 30 seconds or yeah. so. Um, and theirs was, like, so much the, like, the most compelling one. Like, I could, I don't know. It would be cool if they did something with this. That would be neat. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, who's going to end up friends, like, in terms of, like, a relationship arc, do you think Robbie and Sam are done? Yeah, because be yeah, Sam, I felt like was over it even at the locker scene. Yeah, she was maybe realizing that like they're so done. Like, I mean, yeah. and did also... she ever like him? I'm just so confused yeah, by sure. her. I mean, it's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like because Sam set, spent like two seasons just fucking around. You're like, does she like either of them? Both of them? Neither? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but she does seem to feel something for Miguel, and Miguel just broke his back, and like you know, uh, Sam blames Robbie. No, they're done. They, there's no, no. Yeah. Um. I think that, uh, I think what we'll see is, like, I'd hope to see, like, Sam, Sam and Tori, because that'd be an interesting relationship that finally Sam doesn't have with another, have, with a guy. I don't, Sam is such a nothing that I don't feel like she has anything in common with any character. Like, her and Robbie just both seem pleasantly vanilla. Yep. Uh, they live in not, the same house. They're not, know. they're destined to be more, like, friends than anything sure. else. Um, Miguel is entirely too interesting a character to waste on her, and she, he has moved on. And I, I don't know, he seems like the kind of person that would forgive her for this, or like, I don't know that he, I don't what, know. What, Robbie? Or... No, I think that Miguel is probably like, 
done with Sam as they're like done with that relationship. Mm-hmm. Probably, I don't yeah. think they're going to get back together. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that they're done there. I think like they'll, they'll figure something else with Sam. I think like Robbie's like next big arc is going to be with Johnny. Um, no, man, I, I just don't want to see it. Why not? Well, I think one, I guess I feel like Johnny is going to be at Miguel's side. And... Yeah, I mean, but that's what's going to make it like weird and complicated, right? Yeah. And and what, Robbie's in juvie or Robbie's runaway? What do you think? Hmm. I mean, I kind of think Robbie's runaway. Like, he's used to, like, sort of, you know, committing petty theft on the streets. I never felt like he could hack it. No, I, mean, I never felt like he could hack it. Maybe but... he's going to go live with his mom. It was in rehab, Maybe. never mind. Never mind, not an option. Um, but yeah, I feel like that he's going to, I mean, I feel like either he's going to be in juvie or, or be, like, living on the streets. Because, like, you do face consequences when something like this happens, you know? One would think. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to Crease? Oh, jeez. I know. Christ. Uh, he will, like, mentor Hawk to commit genocide. And, yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck Karate not? genocide. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... Hawk has learned nothing, so... Who do you think is going to come into town? Because you know we got to have some new characters. God, they're just going to, like, bring Allie and Terry Silver okay. into town. And... You think... I mean... No! No, Terry Silver is not Miguel's father. Yeah, calling it now. Nope. Okay, here's my overarching predictions for season three. Does Crease turn into a snake? No. Not yet, anyway. Okay, <laughs> all right, let's do this. So I think Miguel's in the hospital really fucked up back. Um, I think Allie comes into town for two reasons. One, maybe she's Tori's birthday. No! Oh my god! And she hears that Tori's in a hell of a lot of trouble, possibly facing jail time. And she's like, okay. She is not Tori's birth mom. Just hear me out here. Oh my god. She comes into town. And she has to work with Johnny and fix Miguel's back. And also... She and Johnny have that same kind of dynamic where they both ran out on their birth. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is running away from me. I wish you could bit. film my expression right now. <laughs> okay, so I mean, you do agree with me that Allie is okay. going to be a presence, right? I, I so do. So, how do you think she's going to come into town? I hate to break this to you, but it's really a lot harder for like a woman to like you know a bit a cut and run. Like, so rich girl Allie abandons her child with like she got pregnant she gave it up for adoption tori has a foster mom which is why she's probably running loose tori doesn't have a foster mom tori just has a mom do we know that for sure she refers to her as her mom yes because she's had her since she was a baby so she's a mom but she might be an adopted well, that, I mean, your adopted mom's still your mom. Right, but I'm saying Allie, it's still plausible that But she Allie... gave up all parental rights if Tori's adopted. Yeah, or, or, Allie comes in for, I mean, what, what do you think would bring Allie into town? She's a what? surgeon. Bam. Yeah, but what is she reading surgery weekly? And she's like, I hear there's a teenager with a She's the best fu- in the world at karate spine injuries. Bam. Like what, you think Bam. Carmen can afford the best surgeon in the world with our shitty healthcare system? Come on, these are, these are, now you're going crazy, okay? <laughs> okay, sorry, never mind. This isn't Switzerland? Fuck. <laughs> Carmen's lucky if Miguel gets, like, the chop shop guy from around the corner. Okay, wait, I got it, I got it. 
Allie is like the greatest surgeon in the world, but like many a genius, she's always in search of the next challenge. And like this, everyone's like, no, it's impossible. But Allie is it like, can't be done. Oh, let me do it. Magic fingers I have. And then she, yeah, I don't know why she talks like Yoda, but she, she comes out, she comes out to California to like basically work a miracle. Because that's okay. why they call her Allie Miracle Worker Schwarber. Mills, whatever. Mills, yeah. What I find uh, kind of perplexing is how they... I really do think Johnny's going to stay in town, but I don't understand how they're going to keep the season going if uh, Daniel's in Okinawa. Yeah, with you know, Sam, you like, cut back and forth. Why not? So then their storylines don't really touch. And, yeah. yeah. They probably won't until, like, the end of season three when they team up to, like, fight crease fight in a Chris. parking lot. Sure. Why not? Um, that yeah. would be kind of a letdown, because I don't feel like Crease is... Crease is more like an annoying menace than He's a menace. So menace. annoying, I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that Crease is like just every time like he says anything, I roll my eyes hard. I almost think if you're gonna have like as like you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like every season have like a big bad, and it wasn't always like what who you thought it was gonna be. Um, I think Hawk. I could see that. That's true. There's like an element of Hawk that's like. He but he's is still like seventeen. He is seventeen, but like he's scary, but he's realistic scary. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you see him and you're like, you're you're like, yep, no, I buy that he would do all of the things that he does. So I mean, he clearly still has like a soft spot for Miguel. Um, so who do you think is his enemy in season three? I don't know, man. Like he's like a really volatile person. Like I don't know, he's the kind of person you can imagine shooting up a school or something. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um. I think that in Daniel's absence, uh, Anthony will join Cobra Kai. Well, I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> he needs love. What else love. are they going to do with Anthony? He, uh, they really need to, like... That would be... <laughs> I could see him being like... Daniel's so territorial over his family. He doesn't seem to care as long as, like... Uh, the only reason he'd care is if he thought Cobra Kai was trying to take something from him. So he's like, oh, Anthony, whatever. Yeah, I don't what? see him actually caring. Like, oh, well. Um, yeah. Actually, I would love it if he goes to Okinawa and meditates at Miyagi's grave and has a sudden revelation like, I'm a shitty father. I have two children. he talks to Miyagi's other students and he finds out they're all like went a different way and they're psychopaths. He finds out Miyagi's not the guy. Like Miyagi's running from war crimes he committed. I don't know. I mean, I gotta say, I wonder if they've written themselves into a corner a little bit. They said they had several seasons planned, which is kind of like, I'm impressed and kind of like, I don't know. I mean, so what do you think as a whole about the season? Um, I think by the time we got to this excellent finale, I felt a little exhausted. And I feel like I it was too little of the characters I care of, about the most. Um, and Daniel went from being like a good counterbalance in season one to just particularly annoying me. Like... The lack of growth, um, where it's like you could see that, like you said, they were kind of buffering in order to bring us the season finale and like giving us filler mm-hmm. episodes. But um, for the whole season and the show to work, you have to be like both of these characters are moving forward on their own journey, and it's like Daniel shows it's like frustrating lack of growth, like yeah, and like and even his wife is over it. I mean, I don't understand how us as the viewers are supposed to stick with him through yet another season. I mean, I, I yeah, it's, that's right because it's like 
It's like Crease. It's like Crease shows no. He's like so one. Crease is static. You're like, Crease is We're always done. Crease. We've seen what you can do. Go away now. And I feel that way about Daniel. Where I'm like, if you had shown any shades of like, int- right? Like he did at the season finale of season one where he showed that he had that touching talk with Robbie and he was like willing to let go. But then he like bounced back and it's true. And I feel like so in season one, they did this interesting thing where like. They subverted expectations and they made Daniel like, you know, you're like, this guy's a dick, man. Like, even when he was like, you know, he's not like a villainous guy, but like, you could see that he was sort of like, uh, you know, like, like self-deluding about certain things. Like a guy who always thought he was right. And like the show like seemed like really aware of that. Like it was just like, yeah, no, he's not perfect either. Um, This season, I feel like they had this glorious image and it is glorious of like, this high school brawl with, like, ten different Cobra Kai yeah. Miyagi rivalries. And they're like, how do you make that happen? Well, you need to set up a rival dojo to Cobra Kai. Daniel needs to set it up. Okay, so if he does set it up, like, what kind... Like, you know, it's like, then you have to be like, well, yeah. And he's got to be, like, really obsessed with, like, kind of, like, beating Cobra Kai. So there's got to be, like, lots of tension between them. And so he can't grow because it's like, in order for him to do that... In order for them to be this, like, epic dojo versus dojo, two dojos, each alike in valor kind of thing, you have to have Daniel, like, still obsessing over their rivalry. Otherwise, like, it wouldn't happen. So it's almost like, I get it. Like, they wanted this to happen. They wanted this finale. And everything that you need to do to set that up is kind of, like, like, a little tedious. Where it's like, oh, Daniel decides, like, to let it go. Wait, never mind. No, he's not. Oh, wait, Daniel's okay with, like, living and living. living. No, never mind. Like, he thinks Cobra Kai's yeah, the Yeah, and I wonder if it's just the limitations of, like, they want to do, uh, like, a character strut, um, sketch of Daniel being kind of stubborn and quick to anger. And I'm, I'm glad that they kept those qualities. Um, but it's, like, is part of his personality that he's, he just can't move on from things. Like, he's, he, he's... So then he is our villain for the show. I mean, the thing that I think was is cool, not cool, but what's compelling about Daniel, like especially in the first season, is that he is a guy who thinks that he is always the good guy. Yeah. Which is true of like many people and like it's realistic, it's infuriating. Yeah, it's like look at your track record, man. Right. It's not great. But it's like, I thought that was like just really well done and the show seemed, at least they used to seem, maybe they still are, like pretty self-aware about it, that it's like... He's not always in the right, but in his head, it's very black and white. And it's like, he's always, like, the good guy. Like, Cobra Kai and Johnny and all these people are always villainous. And it's just, like, that makes him sort of interesting to watch, even if it's, like, even if you feel, like, infuriated by him. Like, probably, like, my favorite episode, which, like, left me wanting to scream at Daniel, was just, like, when um, he keeps, like, trying to, like sabotage Cobra Kai by like raising their rent you know oh God. and yeah. it's like that was a real it's like totally psychotic and his wife is just like why are you such a psycho which is just like I don't know like I thought that was yeah. like a perfect encapsulation he's not like an evil man but he's the kind of dude who thinks like yeah, yeah. I'm just like beating the bad guys by like getting the small business yeah I to, mean to one struggle. can only hope that for the sake of the show that whatever goes down in Okinawa saves this character because I'm not. He's pretty close to irredeemable at this point for me. We've had to see him struggle through. Like, so many people have tried to give him good advice, and he just doesn't seem to internalize any of it. And Johnny is like a sponge where he's like constantly evolving. 
like his he had a real couch like in that fight scene it was like hey you look around that's a real couch good for you all right good for you buddy you're off the floor um to be fair like to dan oh man see what you're making me do i gotta be like a daniel's advocate now but um get it daniel's Uh, um but like johnny like had a lot more room to grow like do you know what i mean it's like his light like he started he was, he's a, no, I mean, basically it's like he was like a sexist, misogynistic, former bully, like, you know, and... One like, would argue that then it's much harder to grow when you're... you. I mean, they're both around the same age, so it's like hard for them to change regardless, but he's coming from like, he's unlearning decades of tech yeah, ignorance. Totally, and, but like, like that makes it like if you're like writing his character, then there's like a lot more room to like show like, you know, his slow evolution, yeah. like... You know, like, for instance, like, in the first episode, he's, like, yelling at Miguel for being an immigrant. In the second season, he's, like, when um, Crease calls Miguel that Mexican kid, and, like, yeah, John is, like, yeah. yeah, he's, like, no, he's from, shit. Ecuador. Ecuador. You know, I don't know, like, you, so there's more room to do that. With, with Daniel, he's, like, he was the hero of the Karate Kid saga. Now he's, like, a well-to-do, cultured businessman. Like, what I want is someone, anyone, to confront Johnny, or sorry, Daniel on his bullshit. Like, someone besides Amanda who's kind of doing the tough love thing, but it's not really landing. I think it should probably come from Sam. I think that that, that is his second closest relationship. No, that's very true. And because he sees her as perfect and if she were to be like, look, you're doing all this awful shit in the name of defending Miyagi. Miyagi would have been disappointed in all of this. You're right, you're right. If it was going to come from anybody, it was going to come from Sam. Who, like, also kind of idolizes her dad, so it would be, like, nice to actually just see that fray of it. Actually, you know what I'd like to see? Or Anthony just being like... (laughs) I know, I'm not really on this show, but hey, Dad. You suck, Dad. You suck. So, no, the great tragedy of Anthony is that he defends his father. God. Oh. (laughs) The most tragic of characters, that Anthony. No, I mean, actually, I would like... I would like to see um, the Sam-Daniel relationship, like, challenged. I would like to see it fray. That I think would mean way more than a divorce or anything. Because maybe she's like uh, upset at Robbie, but like, I don't know. Maybe Daniel's reaction to this whole incident is just to build this fortress around the family and like wall it off against. And like Sam just wants to like apologize and make amends. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Or like I could see them going to Okinawa. I would love it. See what I. Man, I, I I have this feeling that like they're gonna go to Okinawa. They're all and, like, expelled. That's how they get away from not having to go to school. And it's just karate. All I mean, the let's time. be honest. Maybe they just condemn the school because any high school that let this happen, right? You know. It's just like burn it to the ground and salt the earth. But yeah, I have a feeling that like Daniel's gonna go to Okinawa and he's gonna do all the. Oh God, we're gonna. It's see just so much fucking kata. Yeah, it's basically sushi-ing. a lot of kata, a lot of visiting like space like. Places that Miyagi loved, a lot of like like Eastern music playing. I want to see like I would him love trying to, to track it. down Miyagi's relatives, and Miyagi's relatives be like, "We heard about the psycho that Miyagi like that you stole his car." And <laughs> I want a different origin story. <laughs> That's like, how he realizes that he's not a good guy. It's like, oh god, did I make it all up? Is this just like a shit memento or something? Um, but <laughs> yes, writers think about this. But I also would like. Yeah, I would love it if, like, he actually went to uh, Okinawa with Samantha and their relation- you watch the relationship deteriorate while they're there. That is great. I mean, yeah, because yeah, that would be interesting instead of, like, what... And who would she bond towards now? Why does she have to bond towards anybody? Maybe she's just I isolated. Know. I could see that. Like, yeah, I mean, 
kind of after this season, if, like, all this stuff happened to me, I would probably be pretty isolated after that. I would totally, like... I could totally see their bond fraying and that being an interesting place to go as opposed to like, and then Daniel has a revelation that balance is important. Like, you, you keep having that revelation. Stop it. No okay. more. Uh, related, what do you think happens with Amanda and him? I think that it's tense. Uh, I don't think the show will go there. No. But I think you're actually right. You raise a good point. I think it's almost like it's less important that Amanda call him out and more important that Sam does. Like... Amanda does that from time to time, but, you know, whatever, she's there. But Sam, like, Because he doesn't never really has. care what his wife says. Yeah, not really. But Samantha is, like, the person he, like, I think is, like, he idolizes her. They idolize each other. They never really conflict with each other. Not, not yeah. seriously, you know? Yeah. Okay, heavy stuff. I know, right? Gosh. We went some places. We went to dark place. Um, so, we have all of our predictions logged. Mm-hmm. Um and oh, I feel wait. like none of them will come the true. The Anthony Hawk genocide. Right? That murder-suicide pact that we can look <laughs> forward to. Um, I dare not hope that Terry Silver will make an appearance. Um, but maybe Snake Crease will. So. I, don't, I, I mean, I haven't seen... I've never seen the second Karate Kid. So I don't know about any of these other random true. characters. But... Uh, listeners, we are going to yes. actually watch and review Karate Kid 2, as we, we did with Karate Kid 1. Um, so the two of you that are listening, like, you There's more. Forward. There's so many more. What's up, fan in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> this one's for you. This one's for you. Um, okay, so, do you want to give a season rating? Whoa. Yeah, or just an episode rating. Well, we gotta do both. Yeah. Okay. Um. First episode rating. Okay, I give this episode five out of five cruel summers. Um, because it was just, it had everything. It had everything that makes me love this show. A little bit of emotion and like actual fights, great fights. Um, I think it left it in a, like a good place. Agree. I agree. I give it, I'm only docking a little bit for like Greece. <laughs> Yeah, like there's only two things. It was the crease thing at the end, and it was the Daniel Johnny fight at the beginning. Oh yeah, that's good. I'm giving it four point five. Tori's haunting rage screams. Ooh, yeah, yes. Okay. Now we gotta do the season. season. So you gotta have, come up with a whole new rating system. Jeez, I know, I know. You gotta tie it all together, Nina. Um, I can go first if you want. Please do. All right. Well. I think I got on record by saying, like, all the things that were kind of disappointing about season two, especially compared to season one, although they did kind of bring it in the last couple of episodes. So, let's split the difference. 2.5. Uh, shit, 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 shit. Uh, oh, God. I, I started rating, but I didn't come up with, like, my system it's yet. so hard. No, um, quick, stall for time. Um... Do, 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 do. Well, nobody can see you dancing. That doesn't God. work. Um, um, 2.5 um, ominous Facebook friend requests. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take it old school um, and do three. Because this, this episode, or this season had some fun moments. And three out of five um, Miyagi scrapbooks. <laughs> Um, I would say one of thousands of Miyagi scrapbooks. 
Man, uh, it's because been... it's really Miyagi's specter that haunts the show. It's the real the, the exorcism that needs to happen. Miyagi needs to come back next season. Yeah, I mean, remember no. our, our long-standing uh, theory that he never was a person; he was always <laughs> dead, and that that he's like a, a ghost that's yeah, been haunting that, Daniel intermittently. Yeah, you know. So Daniel has carried. Go with me here, guys, as we close this out. Daniel has told the story of Miyagi to different people, but um, only a few people have borne witness to Miyagi. Maybe he's always been a figment of Daniel's imagination. Right. Oh my God. Whoa. I think we've mentioned this before. I, I don't know if we have, but it's it, still we chilling. We said we'd recut it as a horror movie that like, he would kidnap the fishermen, keep them in the basement. Oh, jeez. Um, it got dark. Um, but yeah. Well, now you've made it so that we have to end on this really awkward and dark No, we're ending note. on a cruel summer note. Oh, God. Um, um, but I will say that this is, I mean, the third season of Cobra Kai hasn't come out yet. and We, decided, we don't even know the release date. Right? We decided to start this podcast actually after having watched the first two seasons. So to me, although I hope our journey will continue, it does seem like kind of a really like pivotal moment that we've yeah. come to the end of all the episodes that exist. That's true. We just have Karate Kid Part 2 and Part 3 to review. Oh, and then of course like the Hillary Swank one. And uh, no. we also got to oh, do the Jaden Smith one. No. Oh, Nina, I forgot all about those. Nina, we made a commitment. I don't know if I'm strong enough to we sit through We made that. a commitment. You know, it's this like feeling that I never want to see Hillary Swank again in anything. Wow. Way yeah, harsh. I just... Okay, um, listeners, if you have any uh, any thoughts to offer about this, yeah. this heinous dismissing of Hillary Swank's yeah, body, or give work, us feedback or any of our fan theories, um, grounded though they are, um, I'm sure there's room for improvement. Uh, you can follow us at Kai underscore Cast on Twitter uh, or email us with your burning karate questions at Cobra Kai Never Dies at gmail dot com. And as always, strike first, strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.